Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of the Good Fight Radio Show. With me today is our special guest, Bob Cornuk. Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I am excited to have you because, um, Mr. Cornuk, I am excited. When when I first came to faith, somebody had given me a copy of The Search for the Real Mount Sinai, and I watched it. And I didn't know that there were multiple views on where Sinai was or anything. But the fact was, when I watched it and saw all the evidences for this book that I had yet to even read, I think I was maybe saved for an entire week when someone had given it to me. And it was pretty awesome to look at it and then be able to check that out. But before I even get into some of the evidences that you have, I mean, really gone out and now a number of times since then, uh, to go and, and look these questions out, I would love to just get to get to know you a little bit in terms of how you came to faith and how you got involved in, in searching out these endeavors. Well, thank you. Uh, I originally started off as a police officer, and then I got involved with a very bad shooting situation into my police career, and uh, unfortunately, a man was killed. And uh, it just gutted me. And uh, I left the department after 10 years. Loved the job, but left. Met a guy named Jim Irwin. And he said, hey, let's, let's, go, look for, let's go look for Noah's Ark. And we, we, we did. And, uh, and I just got the bug. You know, I've been, now I'm approaching 75 expeditions that I've been on. And I'm finishing up my 12th book on, on the subject of Bible archaeology. Wow, I think that's just amazing. And I wanted to know, because I, I can definitely see, and we've seen from different apologists, guys like Jay Warner Wallace come to mind specifically, when it when it comes to looking at the the evidence, but having that, that background in law enforcement, do you feel as though this has kind of helped you in your, the way you research and look at evidence? Well, of course, yeah. Uh, you know, p- police, when, you, when, you, when you're on the police department, you're looking for facts. You're a historian. Um, you know, you're you're going to a crime scene and you're writing down what happened and you really get a skill of knowing what is valid evidence and what is bogus evidence. And uh, there's just a lot of bogus evidence out there now in Bible archaeology. Um, I, uh, I I I really want to find out what what truth is. And the problem is that there's so many people with agendas nowadays and the the agendas are to sell a book or to sell a video or to get fame or whatever and i really my my prayer is that uh god you will you'll just allow me to 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 find truth uh, that, that is pure organic from from god and not from man's imagination or his hidden agendas whatever that may be um so but but i find that scholarship is flawed in and of itself because Scholarship has a, has a system of finding truth is called premise plus proof. 
where you put up a premise and then you put your truth around it. In other words, if you have an opinion, you find everybody that agrees with you and you put it down. And that's what people do with books. They just find all their footnotes to back up what they have to say. That's not where you find truth. Um, uh, really what you find truth is problem plus possibility. What are the problems that we have and what are the possibilities? And then if you really seek it through that paradigm, you're, you're, you're more apt to find truth than to bolster an opinion that you already have. I, I'm really not to the, the disgusted is a very harsh word for scholarship today, but I'm very disappointed that so many scholars are out there um, using, using their finds for their own self-benefit. I tell people when I give talks in public, I say, don't believe anything I say. Let's just start with that premise. That's what Paul said to the Bereans. Don't believe anything I say, but, but, but follow what the Bible says and use the Bible as the final mediator and arbitrator and all this. And then you'll find truth because if I say something, I better be able to back it up with scripture or I'm pretty much uh, not, not, not trying to find truth. I'm find, trying to find evidence to allow me to, to stay in the safe harbor of mutual consent from my, from my constituents and, and, and my colleagues. And so I, I really go the extra mile to try and find the, the, the physical evidence, but also it doesn't match with scripture. And if it doesn't match with scripture, I, I'm skeptical of it. No, I absolutely love that uh, about, that was one of the things immediately that I noticed is that you said, well, wait a second, everyone has these ideas. And when it comes to Mount Sinai, if you just typed in on Google, where is Mount Sinai, you'll typically get a an area in Egypt. And so for most people, they go, oh, well, I guess that's where Sinai is. But I guess it was scripture that ultimately led you to, to, to differ in that. And maybe you can tell a little bit of the background because I know you went over there with Larry Williams and really checked out. And, and first, I want to ask a couple questions. One, you went out there and I'd love to know a couple of those details. But really, what was it that made you search specifically for the real Mount Sinai opposed to the idea of it being in Egypt? Well, you know, that that's a great question. I went to Egypt uh, uh, with Jim Irwin, the astronaut that walked on the moon, uh, and 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 Larry Larry Williams and and others, Dr. Roy Knutson, the late great professor from Northwestern, um, and we went there to try and find if it matched with what Scripture said. And of course, it doesn't match. Anybody that's been there can tell you there's no place for the children of Israel to even camp. There's one square yard per person at the the bottom of the mountain. There's just no way to, and, and it's right in the middle of the Sinai Peninsula. And the Bible says, some interesting, the Bible says over 70 times that they went out of Egypt. That was Egypt. The Sinai Peninsula was Egypt at the time it was written. It, Pharaoh had his turquoise mines and his copper mines there. That was Egypt. And the Bible says they went out of Egypt over 70 times. Um, then um, we have where the where the Bible says that Mount Sinai is in Arabia. Galatians 4.25 says Mount Sinai is in Arabia. We need to look at Arabia to find where the real Mount Sinai is. Uh, Galatians 4, and it's also in the ancient land of Midian. That's where Moses met God at the burning bush was in the ancient land of Midian. So we need to look where the Bible says, and the Bible's not saying it's in the Sinai Peninsula. The Bible says it's in Arabia, and a lot of people, that it, it escapes them, but ancient historians from as far back as 250 B.C. 
such as uh, Flavius Josephus, Demetrius, and Philo. All those historians say that the highest mountain in Midian, which is Saudi Arabia, is the real Mount Sinai. So ancient historians say it, and the Bible says it. So how do we wind up in the Sinai Peninsula with them calling that the real Mount Sinai? It goes back to about the fourth century with Queen Helena, who was the mother of Constantine, the emperor of Rome. She was a fortune teller and uh, she was uh, a mystic. And so she, uh, she, she believed that she was searching for the real Mount Sinai, but she was over there and guessed that it was a mountain. They didn't like the mountain that she selected. So she selected another one, and that's the Mount Sinai that we revere today as Mount Sinai. Uh, it became uh, a pin got put in the map there because Queen Helena was the mother of Constantine, the emperor of Rome. And when you're the, the mother of the emperor of Rome, uh, you carry a lot of weight. Uh, so they, they, they put it on maps, and it just got passed down generation to generation to generation till pretty much no one even questions it. No one says, well, wait a second, is this the real Mount Sinai? Well, we've been saying it for, you know, 16, 1700 years. Why should we think different now? Well, the Bible. You remember, I went back to how you find truth. It's problem plus possibility. What is the problem and what is the possibilities? The problem is that Mount Sinai is mentioned in the Bible as being in Saudi Arabia or Arabia. Uh, uh, ancient Arabia, now Saudi Arabia, and uh, we need to look there. So what's the what's the problem? What are the possibilities? And we did that. And uh, I'm not the I'm not the one that makes that gets the credit for discovering Mount Sinai. There's people that go way back that have said that this mountain is the real Mount Sinai. Uh, the only claim to fame I guess I have on it is that I was the one that brought the photos out and showed the photos to the world. And when people saw the photos that we brought out of there, it really caused quite a stir. That's even going on today, so much so that they're doing a movie on it now. Uh, Hollywood's doing a movie on the Mount Sinai thing with Larry and I. It sounds crazy, but Hollywood's doing a movie. We're in production right now, and it's a and it's even uh, it's it's even a trivial pursuit question. Uh, what you about Larry and I in the mountains? So that's that's fun, you know. We're changing Bible maps and. So I'm 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 excited about that and excited that you were touched with it as well. No, I, I thought it was really awesome. And one of the things that people may not know, because you're like, well, wait, they got pictures out of there. You know, that doesn't sound like too big of a deal to some people. But the fact is, is that this was actually a pretty dangerous endeavor that you guys embarked on. I know a lot of people have called Dr. Daniel Wallace the Indiana Jones of Christianity, but I think that you might fit the bill better for that if you want to if you want to say that. But I, I only say that to point out that this uh, this mission that you and Larry Williams went on was actually pretty dangerous. Maybe you could elaborate for some people who haven't seen the documentary. It it was dangerous, uh, and um, I, I, I shudder to think of what could have happened because we came really close to to having uh, you know a real real calamitous situation. Um, the mountain was off limits to to everyone. Uh, no one could really go there. Uh, they have they have warning signs up that that you would be with severe punishments around the, the mountain itself. Um, at the time, 
I was contacted by Jim Irwin, the astronaut, and Professor Knudsen and Larry Williams, and they all said, hey, this is the real mountain. You know, let's go get photos of it and get out. Um, we had no way of getting into Saudi Arabia because it's a closed country. You need to be in the military, and then they're closely escorted. And someone who works over there, let's say, for like a Ramco, they have a little more flexibility of travel. But generally, if you want to be a tourist over Saudi Arabia, 35 years ago or whatever it was, 32 years ago, um, you, you you couldn't go over there. So we had to forge a document saying they were honored guests of the king of Saudi Arabia. And this is giving Christians a real pause right now when I say this, but I have to be intellectually honest. At the time, uh, my faith walk was, was pretty thin, and um, I didn't think there was anything wrong in it. Uh, in fact, everybody was justifying it by saying, well, the, you know, there's more terrorists coming out of Saudi Arabia than anywhere else and yada, yada, yada. But, but I, I, I literally, Larry and I got a, a, an old letter from the king of Saudi Arabia uh, or the son, son of the king, I think it was, Prince Abdul Muhammad al-Faisal. And we just wrote it. We whited out the, 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 the letter and said, please allow Larry Williams and Bob Cornick to be honored guests of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And we faxed that over to the embassy in London. Of course, we were only one block away, but we faxed it over and uh, it had the signature of the king. And so the officials in the, at the embassy gave us these gold gold seals to go into the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Now, if, if I would have gotten caught over there and they would have found things out, I mean, that that could be, uh, you know, they, they cut your head off when you do lesser crimes. So um, it, it was dangerous. Um, we did get arrested. Uh, they did put guns to our heads. Uh, we thought they were going to kill us. And Larry and I uh, escaped across the desert, a couple hundred miles across the desert, 128 degrees. It was a wild chase seeing after that. And that's what they're putting in the movie. Hollywood loves it. So they're, they're, they're doing this movie thing on us. But, you know, God, God got a hold of me. I, I said in the jail cell when I was, they had guns to our head, I said, as, as, as if you can negotiate with God, I said, if you get me out of this, I will, uh, I, I will serve you to the day I die. And so after we got out of there, uh, I came home and I had a company of 115 employees. I was making huge money, real estate development. And I gave it all to my brother and said, hey, I'm going into full-time ministry. And I've been in full-time ministry ever since, uh, fulfilling my obligation, what I promised God at the mountain. But, um, you know, God used some really a unique ways of getting Moses's attention, you know, through the burning bush and whatnot. And uh, he got he got my attention. So this mountain uh, has changed a few people's lives over the year. I, I have people uh, in Congress and senators I meet with, just met with a couple of U.S. senators. And they told me and the congressmen and congresswomen like Michelle Bachman said, hey, I saw this video and my, my, whole, my whole life was changed uh, seeing the physical evidence because the Bible says, Jesus says, um, they won't believe it if Moses, uh, let's see, if you, don't believe, if you don't believe Moses and the prophets, you won't believe if someone comes back from the dead. Well, wait a second, you know, we, 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 we got to start really studying the Old Testament as is historical and uh, not myth and legend, but history. A lot of pastors steer clear of the Old Testament because we're talking about, you know, real episodic events that are beyond 
belief, you know, the Red Sea parting, you know, Noah's Ark. Well, I believe those things happen. They're in the Bible. Jesus talks about them. And so I believe that they happen. And, uh, and I want the rest of the world to realize there is physical evidence of these events that we have archaeologically. And uh, God said we should pay attention. And I, I believe we should. No, I could not agree any more with you than that, especially when it comes to the people shying away from the Old Testament, uh, especially when you have Jesus confirming it. So you say you believe in Jesus, but then Jesus confirms all of these people and events that we talk about. And I think it's interesting, you know, you, you said you went over there, obviously there was a lot of danger, but then you had went there knowing that the Bible said that this is where this took place, specifically, as you mentioned in Galatians chapter 4, but also, when you're looking at this, you looked and found evidence. And some of those evidences, I know from, from my own perspective, when I saw that, I was like, wow, I was pretty bug-eyed on a lot of that stuff. And I'd love for you to just elaborate on some of the evidences that you found. Instead of me just asking you about certain ones, what do you think the greatest evidences were that you found that not only is this the real Mount Sinai, but that God actually came here? Well, some of the evidence I just went back uh, right a couple of days. In fact, when we got out of Saudi Arabia a year ago, February, let's see, a year ago, it might have been two years ago now that with, with the COVID thing. Um, yeah, we're rolling on two years that we got out of there. Um, I went back you know, recently. The government, it's really weird, but the government now loves us. And they said, hey, you're bringing tourists in. We, we want to have tourism. Uh, and so we, we're going to really push, push this as a big tourist site for us. They're building hotels and roads going to the mountain. It's really kind of humorous that in just a short period of time, we went from being, you know, these these outlaws to now we're being like friends with them. So uh, they allowed us to go into Saudi Arabia. And uh, the, the stuff that I missed is just amazing. The stuff from the first trip uh, that we went over there, uh, when, we, we, when we drove up to the mountain, we saw it was black on top. Uh, black rock on top, uh, and um, the Bible says that God descended on the mountain in flames of a furnace. We went up the mountain, we broke open the rocks, and they are granite on the inside. Uh, we had them tested at the American Museum of Natural History with Dr. Trucapali. Uh, shows that they're metamorphic rock, uh, not volcanic rock, as scholars have said. Uh, the scholars have said that that's a volcano, ancient volcanoes. I want to know it's, it's granite that's been melted black on top. God said he descended the mountain in flames of a furnace. At the foot of the mountain, there's 12 pillars. And and um, it's where, where they had the, the, the 12 pillars. And, and they had an altar there that, that they worshipped at. Um, and it, right at the foot of the mountain, that altar is there with, with the evidence of the pillars is still there. I mean, it's, uh, you, you have uh, this altar where they made the golden calf. It has... Bull God, Apis, and Hathor written all over it, inscribed all over it. The Bible talks about them. When Moses didn't come down from the mountain, they they worshipped at the mountain. Uh, they worshipped the golden calf, and we have these gold these these calves, these these Egyptian and Egyptian artwork all over these rocks. And cows don't even exist in Saudi Arabia. There's not enough water, so they're not indigenous to the area. Um, so we found the what we think to be the the altar uh, there. Um, and more recently, when we went back to Saudi Arabia, I went back with Ron Matson and his son, Ben, and the movie producer, Jim Schmidt. And uh, Ron Matson and his son, Ben, took photos of these uh, of where the golden calf, we found out there was two more altars 
a little bit smaller in a straight line, and they match perfectly with what they're with, with, with the pyramids of Egypt. They're lined up in the straight line from Orion's belt, and just like the Egyptian pyramids, fascinating stuff. And then we found uh, uh, around the mountain uh, more recently, we went over there and we found um, uh, we found um, the almond uh, almond trees, which is significant because um, Aaron got the budding almond rod, you know, and, and was designated as one of the leaders uh, because of the almond rod. And so we need to have almond trees there. And sure enough, we found these almond trees that are there and the only place they grow in all of Saudi Arabia. Um, we found uh, three that were this last trip. We found three thousand graves, and then we're, 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 we we hear about you know the the three thousand were killed when Moses did you know they, the people that rebelled when he went came down from the mountain. We also uh, have the people dying from the quail, and so we have those in the middle of nowhere where no civilizations ever lived because there's, there's no water. They gets a half an inch of rain every ten years. Um, um, we found this, uh, you know, the, these graves. So there's, you know, just imagine finding 3,000 graves in the middle of the Mojave Desert. Where'd they come from? There's no, no one would live out there. So we had that. We found the, uh, uh, and I didn't find this, but I drove by it. It was a split rock at Horeb. Um, Jim and Penny Caldwell found it about three or four years after we were over there. And they're gracious enough to share their video with us to be able to put on the documentary that you saw. But they found this rock that was 40 feet high. It was split right down the middle. Uh, you can see where the water has gushed out of this. And like I said, it had happened an inch of, inch of rain every 10 years. The water just gushed out of this, this rock that had split right down the middle. And so uh, that, was, uh, that was something to see. I just climbed up inside it, and you can literally see how the water has just eroded little eddies and little 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 cups in the water uh, in the stone where the water came out so forcefully that it just eroded the the rock from the middle and that thing's like four and a half stories high it was just a immense and so i could go on and on there's much more to to talk about around the mountain but needless to say it looked like the movie set where they filmed the movie the ten commandments and then just walked away from it i mean it, it's all there and to the point where I believe that you have to force feed your mind past reason and logic to ignore the evidences there. For some, and like Frank Turkey had on, he uses the phrase, it's not a, it's not a head thing, it's a, it's a heart thing. You just don't believe in God. You're angry at God for, for maybe your life not going the way you thought it should go. Um, you might have a friend that's a Christian that betrayed you in some way. There's a lot of reasons why people just emotionally don't want to believe. But this stuff, you really have to really want to turn your back on truth if you don't want to see that this is the real Mount Sinai. It's, it's all there, and it has me convinced uh, beyond, beyond question. Now, one of the things when you had already mentioned going out of Egypt 70 times, right? And when we're talking about finding the real Mount Sinai, I think one of the more important things is also finding where on earth God parted the Red Sea as well. I know there's three more traditional places, right? The Sea of Reeds, the tip of Suez, the Gulf of Suez, and so forth. I think that's the more traditional site down low. So where do you believe it is that God actually parted the Red Sea for them to go over to Sinai? 
That's a great question. You know, uh, Ron White and others propose that it's in Nueva. Uh, I don't believe it's there. Uh, they say there's an underwater land bridge that goes there. So we went to the, the maritime officials in Saudi Arabia and they took out their maps and they said, hey, it's it's a half a half a mile deep right there. You There's no way that they could. It's like going down on the Grand Canyon the other side. I mean, it's just and then when you get to the other side, it was all sheer cliffs. So it couldn't be there. I'm sorry for you people to believe this in Nueva Beach and you've proposed it, but if you really look at the evidence, you're going to, you know, it, it, it's just ain't there. Um, but at the tip of the Sinai Peninsula, um, we have a place that called Sharm El Sheikh. Um, the, 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 the Red Sea mentioned in, in scripture, um, Yom, Yom Suf is, it can be translated as Sea of Land's End by some translations. The very end. That's the that's the tip of the Sea of Land's End. It's the end of the Egyptian peninsula, the little pointed part of the, the peninsula. They would have crossed over there, I believe. We have an underwater land bridge. There is an underwater land bridge that goes ten feet under the water there, let alone a half a mile. So we have only ten feet of water that it goes under this this underwater land bridge. Isaiah fifty one says, "I'll make for you a roadway through the sea." I think it makes much more sense and I'm much more convinced that it's in the Sinai Peninsula at the tip of the Sinai Peninsula at Sharm El Sheikh uh, on the Jackson Woodrow Reefs right in there. I think that makes a ton more sense. But there are people that says that they crossed the Red Sea up uh, around Nueva on, on the right fork of the Red Sea. But a lot of people don't argue. They, they, they may argue where they crossed the Red Sea. I don't really find too many people after all these years, it really questions that it was Chabela laws. I mean, most scholars will say it's there now. Bible maps are even saying it's there now. So we have a lot of uh, people, high, high scholastic people that say that it's at Chabela laws. And but we just argue where they went through the Red Sea. I'm, I'm a proponent of the tip of the Sinai Peninsula. Others differ. They can do that. But not too many people are arguing that Jabal Laws is a real Mount Sinai because the evidence is just overwhelming that that's the real place. And it just confirms that the Bible is historically, prophetically, and contextually accurate in all ways. Well, I think that's probably the most important thing we could say about it. And, you know, you have this, this movie, uh, like you said, is in production regarding your guys' experience there and learning all this and bringing back film of everything. But, you know, with the last couple minutes we have here, I'd love for you to express what maybe somebody, you've already talked about senators who've had this as well, but people who have come to where the real Mount Sinai happens to be and some of the experiences they have had when visiting there. Yeah, uh, Joel Richardson was over there. Joel's a great, great guy and a friend of mine. He went over with the intent of disproving it. And he just wrote a book saying it's in, so he went over there to disprove it. He saw the evidence and was just blown, blown away. But um, we've had some, uh, I just met with Bill, Bill Siegel, who I think was the, the original guy that created Fox, you know, kind of passing on to Rupert Murdoch. Just met with him. He went over and he said, this just blew his mind. Uh, we had uh, people I've had, like, uh, I met with uh, Dan Quayle, who was a former vice president of the United States. And he's, he was just blown away with it. So we have, ranging from pastors to scholars to politicians to, you know, just what what have you, um, seeing the evidence for what it is. The evidence for it to be Mount Sinai is overwhelming. Um, could I be wrong? 
sure anybody could be wrong on anything. We're all human, but you really, you know, this, this is pretty high on the meter of, of uh, degrees of probability. No, I, and guys, I want to encourage you so, so badly to check out the search real Mount Sinai. And you know what? This has just been such a blessing to us. And I want you guys to know that there are such good evidences to believe that what the Bible says is true. So I want to thank Dr. Bob Cornuke for everything you've done and, and going out to Saudi Arabia, risking it all over there, and also for coming alongside us and chatting with us today. Thank you so much, Mr. Cornuke. Thank you for having me. God bless and love your ministry. Appreciate you. God bless you, bro. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.